Welcome to another episode of Hitting Pay Dirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number 34, and I'm Alex Beaudry. Uh, <clears throat> welcome to another episode. It's Friday morning. Schedule's all out of whack. Usually we release these on Thursdays and Mondays. But news is just flying right now. The NFL, for as lame as the trade deadline is in the NFL, because very rarely does someone get moved, it's you know it's a pretty boring process. It kind of comes and goes. <clears throat> the off season is the, the exact opposite of that. Um, teams are making some interesting cuts right now, trying to clear up cap space as the new league year is set to begin in less than five days. <clears throat> March sixteenth, it kicks off. So teams got to be under the new salary cap of two hundred eight point two million for their top fifty one contracts. <clears throat> and with that comes some surprising moves, and we're going to get into that. Also, the last three days, we've seen trades. So Russell Wilson got traded. Carson Wentz got traded again, and we'll talk about that. <clears throat> and yesterday, Khalil Mack got traded from the Bears to the Chargers. So I wanted to hit some news and notes. Um, you know, Mike will be on again this weekend on Sunday, and I have I have no doubt that we'll not only recover some of the things I've talked about this week, um, get his thoughts on it, but also I'm sure over the next three days there'll be plenty more to talk about <clears throat> so let's start first with uh khalil mack so khalil mack uh was traded yesterday from chicago to los angeles the bears will receive a second round pick this year i believe the pick is number 48 and a sixth round pick for next year's draft so two picks and then the chargers get khalil mack the Chargers are taking on about a $17.5 million cap hit. He's got a base salary of about $12 million and a roster bonus of $5.5 million, which is set to hit the third day of the league year, which will be March 19th, 18th, excuse me. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> and then he's got like a $200,000 workout bonus. <clears throat> so, you know, I saw some folks talking about the cap that the Chargers are taking on, you know, with that $12 million base number, they can, he's got three years left on his deal, I believe. So they can, um, <clears throat> they can, you know, convert that base down to the minimum, take that $12 million and spread it out over the next three years. So his cap hit essentially can drop down to, let's call it, um, you know, about $4 million a year in signing bonus proration plus his 5.5 roster bonus, which they could also do something with that. So they got some room here. They can work with it. It's not going to be, you know, that big of a, a stretch. Plus the Chargers have a ton of money, even with bringing on Mac, re-signing Mike Williams. They still have over $24 million in space, so they're not hurting. <clears throat> They'll be just fine. Um, I would expect them probably to move a couple contracts around because there are going to be plenty of free agents out there, and I think they'll look to continue to add with with uh, Herbert on his rookie deal, they're going to be looking to go all in because when you have a rookie quarterback, you are at a huge advantage, huge advantage. You think about the Packers, you know, before <clears throat> who knows what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. It's still unknown whether he signed an extension. He says they he didn't, or at least whatever he signed wasn't similar to 
what was being reported, whatever's going on there, his cap hit's going to be, you know, it was going to be around $47 million. Contrast that with Justin Herbert, who has a salary cap hit of $7 million this year. $3 million base salary, and then $4.2 million signing bonus proration. So even though he was drafted sixth overall in 2020, his cap number is ridiculously low for a quarterback of his caliber. So the Chargers know this. They have him this year and next year with cap hits less than $8.5 million each year, and they're going to go all in. The problems, the problem with the Chargers is they are in a tough division. The Chiefs have been the staple of that division for a while now. The Broncos just added um, Russell Wilson. They're going to be competitive. So they're, they're kind of in a tough circumstance there, but they're going to go all in, and I think that's why they brought in Mac. Um, you know, one other thing on, on Mac before I talk about it from the Bears' standpoint they have, they'll now have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on opposite sides of each other, which is kind of scary to think about. You know, Khalil Mack hasn't been the same. He's not the same player that the Bears picked up when they traded two first rounds for him in 2018. Um, last year, he only played in seven games. He's hurt, but in seven games, he still had six sacks. So, you know, just about a sack per game pace. Now he got hurt. That obviously dropped way off in 2020. He played in all 16 games. He only had nine sacks. He had eight and a half sacks in 2019. And he had 12 and a half sacks in the, in the first year with the Bears in 2018 with six forced fumbles. I mean, the guy has had 14 forced fumbles between 2018 and 2020. So even though the sack numbers aren't crazy high, when he hits you, he causes fumbles. <clears throat> so... Yeah, I mean, he can be scary across the side from across the line of scrimmage from Joey Bosa, who's going to draw the majority of the attention. And if he can stay healthy, I think this is a great pickup for for the Chargers. Looking at it from the Bears perspective, I saw the Bears, you know, kind of getting hammered on Twitter because they, you know, they traded for him for two firsts and all they're getting is a second round pick this year and a sixth round pick next year. A couple thoughts on that. One, when they traded for him four years ago in 2018, he was 27. Much different than a 31-year-old. I mean, the NFL is just a brutal business, especially for linemen. He was hurt last year. Like, I, I understand comparing the trade values, but it's not like buying a house where it appreciates. It's more like buying a car. And unfortunately, when you go to sell a used car, you're not going to get what you got out of it. And even though I think Mac is still going to be productive, I mean, 31 isn't, you know, ancient by any stretch, but the NFL takes a toll on your body. And I think the fact that they got a second round pick and then, you know, the sixth next year is kind of whatever. <clears throat> I think it's good on the Bears. What is interesting about the deal is they are taking on $24 million worth of dead cap, which is a pretty high number. I was I was shocked a little bit to see Matt go just for that standpoint. Um, you know, about 10% of your salary cap for this year is going to be tied up just in dead money for Cleo Mack. So a little bit shocking there, but I think the Bears looked at it and said, look, this is, is probably, this is the best time if we're going to trade him. His value is probably not going to go up. 
as he gets older. So now's the time to move on. We'll take the hit this year, and we're just going to try and replace him with a younger value. This draft is very good at the edge position. So if the Bears are looking to add an edge rusher, this is the this is the one to one to do it. The Bears do not have a first round pick this year because of the um, Justin Fields trade last year, where they traded up swap picks with the Giants. So the Giants will own their first round pick this year, which would have been pick number uh, pick number where is it here seven. So they won't pick until pick thirty nine in the second round. But like I said, the draft, the <coughs> excuse me, the edge position in the draft is very deep this year. They could probably get an edge rusher in that second round. Um, at pick thirty nine, they'll also have now pick number forty eight. So they got some some picks to kind of replace it for a much cheaper option, and they'll take on that dead cap and move on. So, <coughs> you know, I don't think. I don't think the Bears deserve as much of the hate as they're getting in the old Twitter world, which we all know is not real world, but still, you know, a lot of people turning around and saying, um, you know, they got they traded away two firsts and now they're only getting a second and a sixth. But that was four years ago. And in the NFL, four years can be an eternity, especially on these guys' bodies. So I don't hate it. I think both sides kind of got what they want. Chargers get an edge rusher opposite Bosa as they kind of try and go all in with Herbert. And the Bears are in a little bit of a step-back mode, and they get an extra pick in the top two rounds of the draft this year, which is big for them because they need help, and they don't have a first-round pick because of the field trade. So I don't hate it. If I was uh, in the Bears' front office, I wouldn't be thrilled about taking on the $24 million in dead cap. Uh, but it is what it is. You've got to take your lumps when you're looking to kind of rebuild, and that's what they're doing. So that's the Khalil Mack situation. The other big trade this week since Wednesday when I did the other podcast was Carson Wentz. Um, I, I don't understand the hate around Carson Wentz. Um, you know, a lot of people ripping the Washington commanders apart, saying they gave up too much. The Colts are receiving a third-round pick this year and then a third-round pick next year, which will become a second-round pick if he plays in 70% of the snaps, which I would fully expect him to. So a second and a third, essentially. A third this year and a second next year. They're also swapping second-round picks with the Commanders. Uh, the Commanders get Wentz and, a, and the second-round swap this year. <clears throat> I think this is a good trade for both sides. Um, the thing that would worry me if I'm a Colts fan, is you traded away your starting quarterback without any guarantee of who your next quarterback is going to be. I would tend to think this means that they're going to be all in on Jimmy Garoppolo, but you've traded away your leverage. The 49ers now know you're going to be desperate, and you also don't have much draft capital. You just traded away your first-round pick this year for Carson Wentz last year with the Eagles. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what that package to get Jimmy Garoppolo is going to look like. I mean, the 49ers also don't have a lot of leverage because everybody knows that they're going to be trading them. He's going to not be a 49er. His he's got like his salary is all base salary, so the 49ers can trade him without any really dead cap hit. 
and Trey Lance is very clearly the future there. So, you know, both sides don't really have a ton of leverage. I just, I guess I wonder what that package is going to look like for Jimmy G. And if I'm a Colts fan, I'm a little nervous that we did this before doing the other. It's kind of like buying, it's kind of like selling your house before having bought another house to move into. You're a little bit in the lurch and I'd be a little nervous about where that may end up because you kind of traded away your leverage. On Carson Wentz specifically, I tweeted out yesterday that he's like the nickelback of football. Uh, pretty good, but everybody likes to hate him. Uh, you know, last year he had 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 94.6 rating. <clears throat> His last year with the Eagles was not good. I'll admit it. 2,600 yards, 16 touchdowns, 15 picks. But the previous three years with the Eagles were great. 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 picks. 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, 7 picks. 3,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, 7 picks. Lucky number 7 in the interception category. I mean, those are serviceable numbers in the NFL. There are a lot of other quarterbacks that are worse. And quite frankly, I think Carson Wentz will be better than any rookie quarterback this year and probably better than the majority of rookie quarterbacks from last year. I don't think Justin Fields is going to put up these kind of numbers. I don't think Mac Jones is going to put up those kind of numbers. And Mac Jones was like the cream of the crop this year. So <clears throat> I don't understand the Carson Wentz hate. Like, yes, has he looked ugly at times? Sure. He battled some injuries last year. You know, they lost that Week 18 game to the Jaguars to, to miss the playoffs. I mean, I, I get all of those things, but from a pure quarterback standpoint, he puts up some numbers. And the other thing is it's not like the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts are swimming in weapons. They, have, they had an aging T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, who's a nice player, and then Paris Campbell. That's your depth chart for your wide receivers. Not exactly kind of jumping out at you in terms of um, star wide receivers. So the fact that um, you know Carson Wentz was able to do what he did with that that group of wide receivers, I think is is great. Um, so I don't understand why everyone's hating on him. Like I said, I think it's like the Nickelback thing. It's the cool thing to do. Um, I don't hate the trade for either side. I think the Colts, if <clears throat> if I'm a Colts fan, I'm frustrated that the front office is moving on this quickly. They gave up a lot to get Wentz. And, you know, they're only getting a third this year, the swap, and then maybe a second next year based on Wentz's playing time. So I would be upset if I was a Colts fan because they moved on quickly. The good news is the commanders are taking on all of Wentz's salary, which is like $28 million this year. So from a financial standpoint, the Indy, Indianapolis Colts are kind of winning in that regard. And I saw some people on Twitter saying that that alone was worth the lower draft pick compensation as they get that salary off their books. Fair enough. They're going to have to take on $28 million or more to get Garoppolo in the door if that's the direction they go. <laughs> the Garoppolo thing is just interesting to me. If that doesn't work out, Man, the Colts are in trouble. Your options now become Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston, that caliber of quarterback, or they have to draft somebody. And this is probably not the draft to reach for a quarterback. So that that whole 
uncertainty would make me nervous. The last thing on Carson Wentz before we uh, move on here. Somebody uh, at Pirate House AJ, AJ Williams on Twitter, in a reply to Andrew Brandt, laid out all of the picks that have been traded for Carson Wentz, dating back to his, before he was a rookie, what the Eagles traded to get him. So here, (laughs) this is pretty impressive. Here are the list of picks that have been traded to acquire Carson Wentz in one capacity or another. First round pick in 16, third round pick in 16, and a fourth round pick in 16. So that was the package that the Eagles sent the Browns to trade up to the number one spot to trade Carson Wentz, or pick up Carson Wentz, excuse me. Um, The Browns also received a first round pick in 2017 and a second round pick in 2018. So there was a package of five picks that the Eagles sent to the Browns to pick up Carson Wentz. Now, when the Colts traded for him, they traded a third round pick in 2021 and a first round pick in 2022, this year's draft. And now the Colts are moving on. The Commanders traded them a third round pick in 2022 and a second round pick in 2023, assuming he plays 70% of the snaps. So Carson Wentz has only been around for a handful of years uh, since 2016. So he's going into his seventh season here. And he's been traded for three first-round picks, two second-round picks, three third-round picks, and a fourth-round pick. That is pretty impressive. <laughs> that is pretty impressive um, in his short career to be traded for, let's see here, nine draft picks. <laughs> That's quite a bit. He's also made over $100 million. So good for Carson Wentz. He's not crying too much. Um, and he is now Carson Commander or Commander Carson. Um, for the little play on the name there with the new new Washington football team. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I hope Carson Wentz succeeds, and I hope I can tell everybody I told you so, and hopefully it doesn't suck so everybody else gets to tell me that, you know, they were right and I was wrong. Okay, let's stay in the NFC East. Uh, the Cowboys made a series of moves and a series of rumors continue to circle the – Dallas Cowboys. First, let's start with what they did. They restructured two contracts. Um, Zach Martin, offensive lineman, he converted $10.2 million of base salary into signing bonus, and they added two void years onto his contract to spread out that signing bonus. Um, So they created about $7.8 million in savings with that move, and then Dak Prescott converted $18.4 million of base salary into signing bonus creating $14.4 million in savings. So those two moves, you know, saved over $22 million in cap. Um, According to overthecap.com, they are now just about $1.1 million over the cap. So they are in a very good spot to get below the salary cap by next week's deadline. So, you know, I wrote an article on Substack earlier in the week about them shedding cap it looks like they're going to cut Amari Cooper. That would save $20 million in cap. And Demarcus Lawrence apparently was approached for a restructure or a, a pay cut, I should say, and they decli- he declined that. So they would be probably moving on from Demarcus Lawrence as well. 
Um, <clears throat> Demarcus Lawrence has a cap hit of $27 million this year. He's only had nine and a half sacks over his last 23 games. They can give him a post-June 1st cut designation, which spreads out his dead cap hit, um, which would save $19 million in cap. So there's another $40 million likely to come out. Um, <clears throat> so they would be you know, about $38, $39 million over the cap with those two moves. Plenty of space to bring back some free agents. Michael Gallup is a free agent, the wide receiver. Randy Gregory, defensive end. Um, and then Connor Williams, their other guard. Um, <clears throat> you know, Connor Williams and Randy, Randy Gregory would be two guys I would want to bring back. Although Gregory's market may be a little bit higher than I than I would think. Um, Spot Track has his um, valuation at like thirteen million dollars a year. I don't know if I would agree with that. Last year, he played in twelve games. Um, he only had six sacks the year before he played in 10 games. He had three and a half sacks. And then the year before that, um, he played in 14 games and had six sacks in his career. He's only got 17 sacks. He does have 85 tackles and seven forced fumbles. So he's more of a traditional outside linebacker than maybe your pure pass rushing, um, outside linebacker, at least from a statistical standpoint, I don't know if he's worth 13 to $14 million a year, but you know, that's up for the Cowboys to decide and his agent to figure out. Let's, let's say he is worth it though. You got Gallup at about 10 to $11 million a year. You got Gregory around 13 and you got Connor Williams probably in that 13 to $14 million range as well. So they do have some contracts to bring back, but again, if they get rid of Cooper and they get rid of, um, Demarcus Lawrence, they're going to be about $38 million over the cap. So plenty of room to play with which makes this next thing very interesting. <clears throat> Came out yesterday that the Cowboys are looking to trade Lyle Collins, their right tackle. Um, he's been a staple in that offensive line. The Cowboys have had one of the better offensive lines in football over the last several years. This move is really interesting to me. I'm a little surprised by it. It makes me wonder if the Cowboys have their eyes on a bigger free agent signing. It... I don't know. I I didn't expect this. Um, if they do trade him, um, they would clear up $10 million in cap space. He's going to have a market. Um, I just saw an article, I think it was on The Athletic, um, or maybe, uh, I can't remember, but they listed six teams that would be interested in him. You know, you got the Bengals, who are going to be interested in every offensive lineman that hits free agency this year. They need to protect uh, Joe Burrow. The Giants, the Broncos are probably going to look to get Russell Wilson some help on that offensive line. So there's going to be no shortage of suitors if the Cowboys are looking to move on for him. I just, it's it surprises me. I, last year, Collins, you know, was suspended for five games for bribing a drug tester to, I don't know, change the results of his positive drug test. Uh, that's a big no-no for anyone listening. Don't bribe the drug tester. Um, so, you know, he did miss five games last year due to that suspension, but he's been kind of a staple in that, uh, Dallas Cowboy offensive line. So a little surprising to see them, you know, potentially move on from him. I mean, I guess 10, $10 million is a good chunk of change to save. I mean, he's only 29. He's signed currently through the 2024 season. 
for a right tackle. He doesn't have obnoxious cap hits, you know, 15.25 the next two years and then 13.4 the last year. So a pretty inexpensive right tackle, but it looks like they're willing to move on. And if they do, they'll clear up 10 more million in cap space. And if they make those other two moves in Lawrence and, um, Lawrence and Cooper, you know, they're going to be sitting almost $50 million over the cap. So plenty of room to maybe go get Dak some new toys or, uh, beef up that defensive line or whatever they're looking to do. So interesting. I, I think they're the way that they're going about some of their moves, I think maybe a reload is a better word. I don't think they're going to like tear it down and rebuild. I mean, they, they won 12 games last year or whatever. But they're definitely getting rid of some interesting pieces in order to, I think, reload. And I think they're going to be very active in free agency just based on some of the money they're looking to move around. All right. The last thing we'll talk about before signing off for the day is Roger Saffold. So the guard for the Tennessee Titans uh, was cut. He's kind of the first big cap casualty. He was a pro bowler in 2021. Um his cut will save over $10 million in savings. He's 33, so he'll probably look to sign a one- or two-year deal with a new team. Again, shocking. Um, Tennessee, uh, their offensive line is their bread and butter. I mean, that's, you know, most teams, it's the quarterback's team. I don't think it's Tannehill's team. It is uh, Derrick Henry's team. So the fact that they're moving on from a Pro Bowl offensive lineman, um, a little bit, a little bit shocking. But at the same time, this is between now and Wednesday, you're going to see more moves like this across the league. Teams are going to cut some big-name players in order to save some cap space, and free agency next week is going to be wild. So um, just wanted to bring that up. Again, no shortage of suitors there. I don't think you'll have a problem finding a new contract. Again, the Bengals, the Giants, the Broncos, some of these teams that are going to be looking to bring on uh, some offensive line help would be happy to have a veteran of his type to join their offensive line uh, room. So interesting stuff. Again, Mike will be here over the weekend, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of more to talk about. I've done two podcasts in the last three days, and there's no shortage of moves. And quite frankly, there's not going to be any shortage coming up. Free agency kicks off. The tampering period begins on Monday, and uh, free agency officially will open 4 p.m. Eastern on the 16th, next Wednesday. And then we're off and running, and the first couple weeks of free agency are are wild. Uh, There'll be plenty of money flying around. Guys finding new homes. And, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, for as lame as the NFL trade deadline is, the NFL offseason is fireworks, and are you not entertained? So, all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Follow me on the socials, Substack page. Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. And we'll talk to you this weekend with Mike in the studio. Talk to you all later. Bye.